The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is available to watch right now over at YouTube.com slash TakeTheRing. Hit the subscribe button and check out Take the Ring's incredible Twin Peaks theory and analysis videos. If you'd like to watch 20 minutes of deleted scenes from our Part 8 episode, sign up for an early access tier over at patreon.com slash talkingbackwards. Your support means a lot, and we couldn't do this podcast without you. We hope you enjoy this episode of Talking Backwards. This is the water. (laughs) This is the water. This is the well. (laughs) Well. I pictured somebody just like, you come over to their house and it's like, hey, thanks for coming out. I'm just going to show you around. Uh, this is the water. And, uh, this is the well. Then they just pass the well. out. <laughs> like, Good oh. night. It's like, oh, cool, cool. Sleep yeah, yeah. Tight. I mean, drink full, in, drink full in descent. And, and don't let the bed bugs bite <laughs> or crawl don't into your mouth. mouth. <laughs> is that what a bed bug is? <laughs> I need to call several exterminators. <laughs> I'll be back. Welcome to Twin Peaks, folks. We're happy to have you with us. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to Talking Backwards, a Twin Peaks podcast. I'm Dave Jackson, joined by Patrick Mahan. Hey, everybody. And Tyler Mullins. Hello. We got a big one today. It's, uh, it's a very special one, very exciting one. Uh, but before we get going, I'm going to do something I've do something I've never done on the show before. Okay. It's a brand new bit. How are you guys doing? I hate this. This is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm just checking in. I'm just I'm, checking in. You know what? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I just drove all the way up here, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny. So I have like a Twin Peaks playlist, and I thought, you know what? Maybe I'm gonna maybe I'll put this on. Put it on shuffle. Not even kidding you. The first thing that came on was the slow '30s room music that plays <laughs> when the Giants like behind the yeah. And I was like, well, here we are. <laughs> I was like, this couldn't have worked out any better. So I, I I'm in a zone right now. Perfect. That's where I'm at. I don't know about you, Tyler. Well, I spent most of the day getting this ready. <laughs> and we appreciate it. Yes. But how are you, Dave? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, perfect. Oh, Great. I see. You <laughs> asked us, so we would ask you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, we have, a, we have an addition here to the show. Yes, we should introduce our guest. Yes. We've had him on before, and we've got him on again. <laughs> this is... Do we have do we have his intro music? <laughs> we oh do we? Yeah. We have intro music? Oh, let's hear it. Play it. Dummy, it's me. <laughs> me. It's Mr. Toj. Oh no, I'm sorry. Mr. Ring. It's Mr. Ring. There's no disguise there. Welcome no. back, Jeremiah. Take the ring. It's so good to have you here. Thanks, we, fellas. We uh we Happy couldn't to be back. 
we couldn't do this one alone. <laughs> uh, this I couldn't. We need four people to talk about this one because it's so boring that we have to drag it out. <laughs> yeah. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> I mean, um, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> boy, oh boy, does this episode just keep happening? Uh, this it is, is happening. this is a uh, part eight of the return, and uh, I'm gonna assume we've got some pat stats on this. Yep. Call out your boy for some pat stats, stats, stats. This is part eight of Twin Peaks: The Return, aka Season Three, Episode Eight, aka Got a Light from Twin Peaks: The Limited Event Series. <laughs> he just rattled that <laughs> off the top of his head too. That's it. I did I did? That's all. That's all. Uh, also, uh, no Dougie Jones this episode. No Dougies. <laughs> There's no Dougie here in part eight. Just, just, just one Cooper, Co- yeah. Cooper character. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Kirker. Sorry, uh, Dougie Jones fans. Um, he's not here this week. All we get to this time is the Majorian. The Majorian. Ooh. Yes. Uh, so let's uh, let's dive in. Let's dive right in. We've got an open road. It's dark. It's a lost. <laughs> is it a is it a lost highway? It, it could very well be a lost highway. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's uh, Mr. C and Ray uh, recently escaped from Yankton Federal Prison. Recently. Points out that the, or rather Mr. C points out that there are three tracking devices on the car. Three. Yeah. And with his fully expendable Super Blackberry is able to adjust the tracking from the car to the truck ahead of them. So he, this is the first time he's done some weird shit. Via phone, <laughs> yeah, via phone or via yeah. electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I and then we've not really, you know, when I think about the stuff that he did at the prison when he was setting off all the alarms and and all that stuff, you know, via phone. And I just attest this to all: it's just Black Lodge magic, magic. It's a bunch of hoobagoob. Yeah, hoobagoob. <laughs> <laughs> all right, wacky technology, and I don't know how much of this is just David Lynch. And wacky technology. There is a theme of over overuses of gadgets and th- these these blackberries. Yeah, that can access like you know prison prison systems and <laughs> right. things. It's yeah, just, they can it's they kinda, can make devices it's kind of, shrink. It's kind of silly and kind of over the top. I look at it like uh, you know this wouldn't have worked if it was Leland. Leland's not wasn't from the black lodge the doppelganger is from the black lodge that's why this works that's why he can do this yeah and then something else for you guys to maybe think about uh it's my opinion and other people's as well that um remember in the original show cooper's original quote-unquote doppelganger nemesis was Wyndham earl and you remember bob takes his soul right so Bob is inside Mr. C now. So Mr. C has a suitcase with a computer in it. <laughs> right. Is that Wyndham Earl's Right, it's like Wyndham Earl's. Yeah. Prob- <laughs> is, it, is it the one or what? one like it? <laughs> it looks uh, just like the one he had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and can't then, handle so this some, show. Some, pe- some people <laughs> believe that Mr. C's suitcase and all his, half of his computer wizardry and all that stuff is, is Wyndham Earl inside of him because he's inside of Bob. So they think the suitcase might be Wyndham Merle's suitcase from the original show. Well, so I that. Well, I agree, and, and I mean, and that's what's so great about the show is everyone has their own personal experience with it, with their own interpretations. I mean, I I agree. Uh, I think for sure that was probably Wyndham's 
I mean, or it's just everyone in the FBI was given a suit, uh, a briefcase sure. thing like that. Um, but I do get the Wyndham connection because we've seen Wyndham use it, whether Wyndham's with him or not. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah, thought about that before. Just... I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll need a little more time thinking about that theory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, yeah. my brain is um, already basically just a bowl of spaghetti at this mm-hmm. point and mom's spaghetti yeah and to add this <laughs> to add this layer where it hadn't even occurred to me <laughs> that there is a piece of Wyndham Earl in Bob who is in this Cooper creature mm-hmm. and now that's 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 just parmesan cheese man that's just tasty that's good <laughs> that's just tastes good that's true yeah cheese now parmesan. Uh, the but yes, yeah, so there's something to be said that that um, Cooper was an FBI man, and even if that's not true, Cooper was an FBI man. He did run around. Wyndham Merle was his mentor, right? And then um, he's also had 30, 25 years of being the genius Dale Cooper out running around, and his sole purpose for the last twenty five years is to amass wealth and figure out the mysteries of the black lodge or what, you know, whatever, you, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. he, he could, it could just be as simple as Cooper is a genius and now he's an evil genius and he's been an evil genius for 25 years and he has figured out how to <laughs> tap into prison systems and uh, throw bugs onto semis from his moving vehicle because he's an evil genius. Right. So there's, there's, there's that. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I love that we don't. I love that we don't question it. It's just, yeah, that's what he does. Well, I, I question. <laughs> I think I watched it and I just maybe, accepted maybe it. Maybe you no, don't, but no, I, I did. I, for I sure watched it and it. I just accepted it. I was like, oh yeah, of course he can do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. It, it's yeah. Just uh, but before we move on from this, I, I think it's really cool to have this recurring theme of old tech doing crazy stuff. Yeah, like just the landline phone in the prison that. I, I assume only makes outgoing calls and doesn't really have function outside of that. <laughs> well, even going back to when he was getting all that information from the prison and that thing, it was like, was he getting all that information where he found Mr. Strawberry and like, you know, all this stuff on the, you know, on the <laughs> warden, like, Oh, he, he's got eyes and ears everywhere. Yeah. Obviously. Well, and well, we know he's psychic because he said food is coming. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's got powers. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's connected to yeah. the spooky Yuki on a level that S1, S2 Cooper never could be. S1, right. S2 Cooper could never even dream about. Yeah. And he had a lot of dreams. If he'd spent, <laughs> if he'd spent more time, <laughs> if Cooper, as we knew him, spent more time amassing wealth and studying the Black Lodge, yeah. we might not be in this position. Yeah. Uh, where we go to next? Uh, well, next, uh, we're, we're going to stay in the car. We're going to be in the car for a while. Yeah. Uh, Ray starts asking questions about Daria, who, of course, met her end very recently. And uh, He doesn't know that. It, he does not. Well, Ray doesn't know that. Right, that's what I meant. But Mr. C knows for sure, because oh, yeah, he, right. he did he the did murder. <laughs> yeah, he did it. And, uh, he lies to Ray about her and uh, says she's waiting for a phone call when they get to a safe place. And Ray mentions something about heading to somewhere called the farm. Yep. I don't think there's been any previous mention of this. A farm? The farm. Of the farm. What was that? Part place? seven, we had a farmer. Talking to Andy. What was the place mm. in season two? Oh, Dead Dog Farm. So Dead our second farm. our second farm. Hey, hit it. 
our second. Look at me knowing shit. <laughs> yeah. Tyler, <laughs> look at you. That was great. I've seen this show. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about Dead Dog Farm. That's awesome. You've grown into a super fan. Yes. So then I guess the dog leg. What's the name of that place? Nailed <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> it. So I guess the dog leg was our second dead dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Pile them on. Well, I mean, we're we're super antsy with the doubles at the beginning of a show. <laughs> we are. We love it. Yeah. Get a little so, trigger happy. The only thing I'll say about that is like it's just I, I'm sure you picked up on that by now, but like, and I'm not spoiling anything like most of the shit doesn't go anywhere but like yeah like no shit. there's a farm there's a farm there's a farm and a dead dog with the dog legs yep. it's like it's it's almost like every single little thing is kind of a weird a, a broken shattered backwards mirror reference of something we've seen before but nothing is like but so much of it doesn't it, matter like i don't so know much, why. so That's much stuff it's like, so much stuff just doesn't come up again i don't know why it's in there yeah i'm but sure I, I've, i'm sure i've talked about it before but it, it seems like there's so many things that are dropped as breadcrumbs that are just there to be referenced again that yeah. don't actually play a part right just like hey remember when that person hit their shoulder on a door frame well there's a door frame in this shot <laughs> <laughs> and, and that and the painting has its shoulder smudged like it doesn't matter but it's yeah. there it's there, it's there yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. It's there to it's be there, caught. And it's so there for you to think about it. I think it's. I think it's there to give people analysis paralysis. Where they're just like, it's all connected, man. It's all connected. <laughs> yeah. Number twenty three. Yeah. Yep. Like, but exactly. Yeah. But maybe it's not. Right. Maybe it is. It's definitely not. That's Probably not. That's what's so good. <laughs> I'm gonna get to the end of this show. I'm gonna get to part eighteen. I'm just. I'm drowning in a in an ocean full of red herrings. And yep. Hawk's gonna walk up and be like, "This is all because." That girl washed up, wrapped in plastic. And everyone looks at him like, full circle. <laughs> yes. That's what it's all about. Oh, we've got, oh, we've got miles to go. Yeah, we do have miles to go. We're still on the road. Uh, well, Ray does a smart thing and does not write down the numbers that Mr. C wanted him to get for him. He definitely wrote them down. He says, it's all up here. I've got it memorized. No, he didn't. Basically, like, this is that fucker Ray. He don't know. Basically, you can't kill me because I can only tell you what you want to know. Yeah. So he does a smart thing and has leverage, but he does a dumb thing and tries to leverage Mr. C. Yes. And that's the problem. If I've learned anything in life, it is... Write it down. Don't blackmail a magician. (laughs) (laughs) After we realize that Ray's trying to kind of get away with being withholding, there's a very long shot of just driving. Building up. I didn't I didn't write it down. He's but I remembered. Oh, just like <laughs> oh, Ray. That it's irregular. I want to say it's like a minute and thirty six seconds of just shots of driving intercut in this yeah. scene. But uh, I did note that it's uh very similar to the shots of the road that uh James and Donna drove. To bury the necklace. The cinematography is almost exact. And that's a running theme in this episode as well. Cinematography. The cinematography being a mirror image of something we've seen before. Yes. Who's James? (laughs) We haven't seen him since part two. I'm uh, going to circle back to that. (laughs) Why? (laughs) 
Yeah, when when Mr. C says go for it when Ray asks to take a leak, uh, the look he gives him is pretty telling. And uh, we remember that Mr. C had a friend left in the glove box. It's true. Thanks, Warden Murphy. Yeah. Warden gave him a gun, but with caveats, because this gun ain't loaded. No. Find it strange that he didn't make sure there were bullets in it before he pulled it out. Was it specified in his request? It wasn't in his writer. He opens the glove box, pulls the gun out, looks at it, but doesn't check the cylinder. Yeah. He pulls out, admires it for a moment, just like, yeah, that's (laughs) a good people killer. This is a gun. This will work perfectly for what I want to do. But you you check. This guy checks. He He didn't, though. I also felt like this moment was uh, slightly foreshadowed in the last episode. With for those of you who don't, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Cooper gets caught. Ray pull that fucker. Ray pulls a fast one on him. Well, he's got a friend um, too. And this was foreshadowed just a just a little bit because I pointed it out as being odd in part seven when um, Ben Horn is talking about when the key he sees the uh, Cooper's room key. That was the room. Where Agent Cooper was shot. Mm-hmm. Why specifically the, the bloody, that? Bloody T-shirt <laughs> yeah. and the missing pages were. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Hawk. Okay. Um, but I'm glad you're thinking, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Always thinking. No, but uh, I I thought it was his phrasing of that. Like, why why bring that up specifically? Why not? Mm-hmm. That's Agent Cooper's room. Um, but then you have Cooper getting shot again. Mm-hmm. Is it the same amount of times? Is it three times? Because didn't two times? Oh, it's two times. Yeah. Was Ooh. it three times two when shots. Josie shot him? It was two times when Josie shot him. Two times. And okay. so when when Ray shoots him, it it plays like a stutter shot. Like it's it's him shooting, and then it plays the exact same footage of him shooting again. It just like it's it's like the footage glitches, but it it actually happens in real life. Kind of like when Cooper it's really shot, weird looking shot um Hastings' wife. It does that too. Mm-hmm. When he shot her in the house, yeah. Yeah. Right in front of the Morgans. I, I didn't know what it meant. I just I noted that that happened. Look at you noting stuff. Well, I got notes. All right. I got notes. I found a typewriter font. I'm using that for my notes. I have a. Has changed my life. I have a typewriter. You do have a typewriter. <laughs> Type our Patreon letters on it. Patreon.com slash talking backwards. <laughs> Nail it. Sign up today. I, I also did notice that the shot of Mr. C laying on the ground after he was shot is identical to the shot of Cooper at the Great Northern. It's it's history repeating. Uh, it's was there it's a the arm saying time and time again. Body falls on floor. Yes. Caption. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was uh that was Leo. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. That was when Leo got shot. Yeah. Body falls on floor. That was also I mean, not this is splitting hairs kind of, but just kind of interesting. But basically that Cooper was, if you count the pilot, which I don't numerically, like that's episode zero or the pilot, <laughs> but Cooper was shot in the eighth episode of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Technically episode seven, but the eighth, the eighth installment of Twin Peaks is when Cooper got shot in the Great Northern. And this is episode eight of the new one. Time and you're time right. Again. And, and Ben Horn brings it up. And like you said, he's is, he's laying there exactly the same way. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like, exactly, the exactly the same. Same framing, same body position. Yeah. I think same location of wounds. Yeah. But um. Oh, geez, I didn't even. I uh, I didn't check check up that on that out. either. Yeah. Like just one hundred percent. But cool. um, but Cooper didn't get help back then. 
No, he <laughs> he didn't have. He, did. he, he almost did. did. He almost did. He almost did. <laughs> almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah exactly. <laughs> I've heard about <laughs> almost. Him. Well, he did get help because his his milk almost got cold. It's true. He got warned about that. Milk will get cold on you. <laughs> yep. No, um, Mr. C does get some help, as Ray puts it. <laughs> yeah, he got some help. So, so nonchalantly, by the way, when he talks about that, and he's like, yeah. "You got some help." We'll get like, to that. Though. Yeah, really glosses over. Yeah. So uh, I mean, we get to it right now. Right. Well, well, this happens, and I mean, these we we see they're credited as woodsmen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the official title. Dave, you brought it up too. You you put the connections together that uh, with the fire walk with me scene above the convenience store. Yeah. Um, We've seen this, but a more evolved version, a more mm-hmm. charred <laughs> version of of this uh, of these characters. Yeah. Oh charred. no, these guys have black lung. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Black lodge lung. <laughs> black lodge lung. <laughs> yeah. 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 the black lodge pop. Um, but it's almost like to me the way I read it is like they were like protectors of that world of of their world. Which is the black lodge. Yeah. They, they're they're coming out to protect their. <laughs> Protect their man, their investment. <laughs> yeah, come get your man. Yeah, and we've seen him a few times in the in the series so far. Mm-hmm. Go back to the, yes. The oh, in the a cell with Hastings. Mm-hmm. So it's and, and we know oh the the Buddha statue. <laughs> <laughs> you said that, yeah. Um, yeah. The guy then, that rolled up on Knox yeah, at the Cynthia, morgue. Yeah, yeah. Knox. Knox. Cynthia Knox, Lieutenant yeah. Knox, at the morgue when she's out in the hallway and it's Niles' wife. Up. Not Niles' wife. That's Constance. Oh. <laughs> um, the yeah, like she's Constance. standing in the hallway on the phone with uh, Ghostbuster, um, and he's walking down the hall behind her, and there's like ominous tone, like oh. as soon as it appears. We've seen these characters before, and and I mean, it's just what were they doing there? I mean, Briggs' bodies there, you know, at, at the morgue. It's like, are they around watching what's going on with that? <laughs> Stuff to think about. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the music, by the way, during this scene. Yes. Um, Moonlight Sonata, it's sped down. Oh. A lot. Oh. <laughs> yep, that's what's playing. Do you playing. know the percentage? <laughs> Don't have the percentage offhand. Wow. Don't have that memorized, but um, it is sped down. Very cool. Um, and we do catch a glimpse of something um, coming out of Mr. C. Out of boot. Garmin Boza? Possibly. Cream corn? Deviled eggs? We catch... Uh, a glimpse of a of a bob ball, bob ball, yeah, a bob ball. <laughs> That's how I describe it. It gets really close up on his face, and he's just smiling, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like this vision. Well, get used to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. We see more of it. I love that that sets that up too. It's just yeah, you see this bob ball. <laughs> and it comes up later. For lack of a better term. Coming to our Talking Backwards store any day now, a the beach ball. ball. The beach ball. <laughs> I, I love that Ray's just, he's not really freaking out. I mean, he's just like looking like, oh, this is weird, but he's I not would, like. I would disagree. He's not running away right away. He's like in a trance. Well, there's a thing called shock. <laughs> That's true. When you freak out. <laughs> That's true. That keeps you from running yeah. away. Yeah. Everything is super, and not just the song. Everything is super slowed down. Like mm. the shots of him are, but say, I feel like funny. the woodsmen kind of aren't. They're still working. Oh, right, right. Uh, but there's like, I don't know. That's funny you brought up trance, like because I've seen it a million times now. But like, that's I always kind of get like sleepy 
in that scene. Yeah. Like I remember when the show happened, like the seeing it the first time I was like, it's so dark too. It's just like, <laughs> Oh yeah. It's like so dark and you can't see a thing. And then the music is just warm. And then like the, it seems like that scene stretches out. I mean, I know we're talking about twin peaks and it's kind of what it does, but <laughs> yeah. like, it seems like that scene stretches out for a long time. I just remember kind of like, okay you know like i i, I think i almost nodded off when i, I completely saw understand i the first time i saw it was at like midnight midnight yeah. <laughs> after yeah. we had been drinking yeah just ate crystal which is easily the most hallucinogenic fast food restaurant <laughs> um and i did not know what was happening of course not how could you also i was tired <laughs> yeah. right it was late yeah, it's it's a real kind of binaural meditation wave musically that just kind of lulls you while all this is happening. While while Ray is slowed down and Cooper is slowed down, but the woodsmen are superimposed and sped up. Like it's they're just, working, yeah. They're superimposed, yeah. Yeah, like little elves just. <laughs> 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 Rub the blood on his face, Harry. <laughs> Canonically, <laughs> that's how these woodsmen talk. Just these though. Just these. Gotta like. Ray finally takes off and uh, yeah. makes a call to a Philip. A Jeff- Philip? Jeffries? Gerard? Jeffries and Gerard, the only two Philips I know. We don't know. This. A, th- a third un- heretofore unknown Philip? But assuming this is one of those Philips, that makes me wonder more about Ray. What his deal is. Death fucker Ray. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it begs more questions about Ray to me. Yeah, because he mentions that he saw something come out of Cooper and that it might be the key to what this is all about. Exactly. What do you know? That, yeah, what does, <laughs> what does Ray know? Exactly. I, I love that because it's just like, wait a second. What, what is all about? Who do you work for? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you in caboots with? I love it. Caboots? Caboots. Yeah. So that, that just that moment right there made me look <laughs> made me look at Ray in a totally different light. Yeah. Because I just thought he was just one of Mr. C's henchmen. No, not anymore. No. <laughs> and then, uh, since it's the end of the episode, we go to the roadhouse. Yeah, that's with, right. Uh, that's exactly what I thought. With my damn fine line of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, the roadhouse is proud to welcome the nine-inch nails. The nine-inch nails. <laughs> the <laughs> nine-inch nails. <laughs> damn fine. Yeah. Thank you. Nailed it. Yeah. That's I'm, my, that's I'm glad my the roadhouse invested in a new house MC. Yeah. <laughs> Who's just credited as MC. Yep. <laughs> yep. He uh, has a lot of striking resemblances to the singer from the Red Room yeah. at the end of season Jimmy two. Scott. Yeah, in a tuxedo. Yeah, in a tuxedo. Af- African-American man, not too terribly tall, in a tuxedo, and, and his voice is very, I guess, soulful. I mean, yep. he's he's definitely an it, MC, but like... It, it has the same Jimmy kind Scott, of temper. He doesn't talk in the final episode, but he's sings and he's he's got a gravitas to his to his voice but it's african-american medium height in a tuxedo with a gravitas definitely a feels there. intentionally styled to resemble jimmy scott. i agree jimmy scott 100 percent. but when they when they cut to the roadhouse when i realized um that's when i completely lost my mind <laughs> <laughs> How did they book like, the nine-inch nails? Well, no, no, no. Like, it's like how did team, over? How did this has been the recipe of episodes? Is no, it, no, no. But not what, what are the, how long is our song going to be? Are the Renaults and the Resners in cahoots? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, so just trying to, to take it out a little bit, just my whole, like leading up to this, um, you know, I was watching the show week to week, super stoked about it, really enjoying it, whatever. And I think it was the day before or the day of Peter Deming, the cinematographer, who's not on Twitter, or any social media, but he does have an Instagram. He dropped a photo that was all text and it just said episode eight will be like no other. Yeah, I remember That's seeing that too. Said. Because and it was like the day yeah. before or that day. I think it was that and morning. Because like I remember huh? Twitter blow. I think it was that morning because Twitter blew up about it. They were like, oh my God, what is tonight going to be? <laughs> yeah, so my mind all day was just. And I want to say that, that week or within a few days or whatever, they said, um, I haven't research this to find this and i don't know if this was just a goof that somebody did or if this was planted by the studio or like showtime and lynch but like it was like musical guest on episode eight is going to be and it was like some german industrial band <laughs> like it with a weird he had a weird picture and a weird name and i'm like rammstein <laughs> it's like not rammstein but like i I know them. I'm I'm a fan. <laughs> so, but like the other guy. Well, he also like, whistled the was, the Rammstein song in uh part, yeah in part four or five when he was in front oh, of. Oh, when the, he whistles it. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe he didn't some whistle people, Power Fry. You're right. Some people say that that's uh, a theme song from a Fellini film, which Lynch supposedly likes. But I'm convinced it's Rammstein. I'm convinced oh, it's, it's the last two measures of the Rammstein bar. Mr. Ring, I've seen you. I've seen you tweet the. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen you tweet about the because uh, I mean, Lynch and Reznor go way back. Lost Highway. Yeah, You've, I've seen you tweet mm -hmm. the Rolling Stone cover they were on together. I'm a huge fan. I remember like two years before that Trent Reznor was supposedly going to be in it. Like he got cast. I'd forgotten that. I was like, okay, well, Eddie, you know, few people are in this. No, Reznor's in it, but like I assumed he was just going to show up as an extra because he's a big fan or he's friends with David Lynch, whatever. And I had, I had it totally slipped my mind that that was even a possibility. Yeah, so they, they, they had this planted that it was going to be some weird, crazy German noise band that I'd never heard of was going to be the, on the show. And then Peter Deming said, this is going to be like nothing else. So then, you know, Cooper gets shot and you go into that trance or Mr. C gets shot. You go into that trance and then they cut to the roadhouse where it's basically the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and it was actually Nine Inch Nails, and I completely lost my mind. Even I was like, "Oh my god, this is like they're they're tur they're turning this show on its head." <laughs> yeah, they literally turned the whole show on its head with this episode. Not just the episode being reversed. Yeah, this episode flips everything you know about Twin Peaks. Basically, I would have loved and if this was the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a twenty minute flick for you. Tune in next week. Yeah, they just just do a whole set. Yeah, <laughs> but also, who would have expected? I mean, we didn't really say, it, but I was like, I didn't expect Cooper to get shot or Mr. C. Like, right. I just wasn't. I didn't the first time. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't anything I was even remotely thinking about that this was going to backfire on him because he seems invincible with right. all the power right. that he has. Um, but you forget about that once the Nine Inch Nails start playing. You get him away from a phone, and then what has he got? Bippity boppity shot. Boop. No, <laughs> shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the song that they perform, She's Gone Away, mm -hmm. it's very Twin Peaks lyrics wise. Um, I saw, I found this quote actually, it was on the Genius website from Trent Reznor. It says, Actually, we wrote a different song initially, 
And David Lynch said, how about something less Twin Peaksy sounding and more aggressive and ugly? And then Atticus yeah. Ross says, I think he said, make my hair stand on end. <laughs> Ross added, um, our nightmares can confirm the second time really was the charm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, the, the lyrics, it's, uh, you know, she's gone away. She's gone away. Um, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of lines that stand out to me in this song. I don't know if you guys picked up on, on no. any of them. I couldn't tell a single word. <laughs> well, I didn't know if you looked up the word. I did not. Uh, you dig in places till your fingers bleed. Kind of comes in later My in nose. the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, can't remember what she came here for. Can't remember much of anything anymore. Very like, what's going on? <laughs> Having trouble remembering stuff. Also, a little mouth opened up inside. <laughs> that comes into play. <laughs> a little mouth do open yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was watching on the day she died, and we keep looking while the skin turns black. We just saw a bunch of <laughs> charred individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of... There you go. He has kind of a cackle in the song, which always kind of reminded me of like a Bob. Yeah. You know, or uh, a one type. Yeah. I, I'm legit curious, especially when all these songs are over with and we can talk about the lyrics of all these songs. Like, I'm curious what the what these musicians actually knew about this show. And if it's like the actors, they didn't know nothing. That this is all just kind of a coincidence, like these lyrics lining up. and. So, yeah, the Nine Inch Nails um, got paid $20 uh, for the night at the Roadhouse. Yep. yep. I'm pretty sure they got like 80% of the door. On that one, <laughs> they're not Julie Cruz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. We evidence. are. We are far removed from Julie Cruz at this point. <laughs> the Jew Cruz has yeah. sailed. Yes. So, what happens next, Dave? Uh, I mean, if if we're ready, uh, we can time travel. Nope. Before that. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> Mr. C recovers. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he recovers. Yeah. He fully, just gets up. Fully recovers. Yeah. The Nine Inch Nails brought him back to life. Yeah, well, why don't we just time travel? <laughs> sure. Let's go to July 16th, 1945. Wow. Location? Specific. White Sands, New Mexico. It was a Thursday. Was it actually Thursday? I have no idea. <laughs> I hope it was. <laughs> if that lines up, that's awesome. Just an empty desert? Yeah. Not a lot going on. No. But a countdown, I hear. Yeah, countdown starts. Must be somebody's birthday mm-hmm. or New Year's. Or New Year's. Uh, New on, Year's. on July 16th. Yep. Yes. It's the White Sands New Year's. <laughs> somebody's <laughs> somebody's dad was, was out of town, and now they're back in town. Now they can celebrate the 4th. Look, people in White Sands, different. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> they charred. <laughs> <laughs> they burnt. An, an, an atomic bomb goes off. Yes. Yeah. So, and then this is where I just check out mm-hmm. for the rest of the episode. Uh, you, you probably checked out from 16 minutes, 55 seconds to 21 minutes, 20 seconds. <laughs> where there's just... This is, where, this is where Lynch is giving his Stanley Kubrick uh, homage. Yes. It's just a, yes. a montage of Windows Media Player visualizations. That's my Winamp visual, visualizer. Yeah. <laughs> to this... I guess triumphant-ish score. Yeah. So the song. Yeah. Uh, I, I could be pronouncing the name wrong. Threnati of the, for the victims of Hiroshima. 
okay. which was also used in The Shining. So again, <laughs> the Stanley Kubrick, not just The Shining, yeah. but I'm reminded of more more reminded the music that yes, but I'm more reminded of 2001 Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of visuals here. Uh, I mean, I, I even get reminded of Cooper um, going to the non-existent territory back in part three, part two, three out of the red room um, with all the craziness um, and the particles. Um, oh, the uh... before the mob zone going into the mob zone, which actually comes up later in this episode. Pink room, not the pink room. Yeah, I, I thought that all was the mob zone. Like out yeah. the purple sea. Well, the purple sea. And, yeah, and but I mean building. before that, just like him coming through the glass box, going into the non-existent, because uh, it looked like he was having his own frenzy in his own space. It was so chaotic like that. I was reminded visually mm. uh, with all the chaos going on on the screen of that. Sure, because that had already happened. The bomb goes off, and you're seeing a another realm of existence, and. Yeah. Which it's like, and the way I even interpreted that is like this bomb going off was creating the evil that men do, and it was created by the evil that men do, if that makes yes. sense. A yeah. big bang? A big bang, yeah. Yes, but, exactly. But to quote exactly. Albert from from season two, it was like, this is literally, the, the all of this is the evil that men do, and it's making shit more evil. Yes. Because yes. it's, it's, it's the intercourse between two worlds, as they said. <laughs> yes. I mean, and so just remember when we, when we read the, the secret history, now you got, remember the Jack Parsons talking to oh, Dougie yeah. Milford, like, Oh, that's, oh. we were out in the desert. They were there demons, when this happened. <laughs> demon. We were, we were having sex rituals, trying to uh, call some demon and we were doing it out where they tested the bomb. And that so should take you back to part where... part one. A sex ritual. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which so I mean the last get... box. You're a bad girl, Tracy. As it brought the yeah. experiment in, because what do we see in You're this? You're a bad girl, Tracy. Because what do we see in this? <laughs> like the experiment. Top secret. Yeah. Yep. It's the gov- <laughs> it's literally the Manhattan exper- top... the Manhattan project. The, and, the, you know. And you playing that makes me th- think more about that i'm just like what does sam know top secret this was top secret <laughs> like that's blowing my mind well what did sam know this is a great he did. well yeah. we'll never know <laughs> we what, might what does Kiefer sutherland sam know he's the, probably not a lot, <laughs> probably not a lot. <laughs> yeah actually he might I, know a lot because he was the president after everyone died in Designated, designated survivor. survivor. <laughs> President, yeah, President Sam Stanley reporting. <laughs> <laughs> we need a good wake me up, don't we, Mr. President? <laughs> That's right. That's right, Sam. We do. What was that? Oh. We do. We do, Sam. We, we need a good wake me up. God, that was incredible. We sure do need a good wake me up, don't we, Agent Desmond? Bomb goes off. Uh, Four minutes of Fever Dream Nightmare Fuel. Yep. And then some more Fever Dream Nightmare Fuel. Yes. Yep. Uh, the convenience mm-hmm. store. Yep. Which yep. it took me a second because I was like watching it and I was like, oh God, here we are back to stuttering, like from part three. Yeah. And then, but oh, then I, I but then I read convenience store and I was just like, oh. <laughs> I think you call it convenience store. I mean store. it like it is, like, like it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, Mike, it's what it says on the sign. <laughs> Yeah, right. I believe we call it a convenience store. Yeah, that's the sign. That's yeah, why we that's had it. the sign that's commissioned. 
Mr. Oh, Gerard. He's never been outside the building. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what it's like out there. He only sees it backwards in reflections outside the window. Yeah. But uh, but he lives above it. Yep. So the mob zone stuff, the stuttering thing, the 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 back backwards and forwards stuff, and then then we see the woodsman do that too. I don't know if this is again if this is intentional or not, but somebody I read somewhere that it is possibly because of the electricity theme that this is a uh, ACDC like alternate current versus direct current. Love so you've that. got this kind of going forward and going back. So flickering back and forth. So it's it. basically the editing style is inspired by uh, electrical currents, which absolutely makes sense yep. in my opinion. Um, that makes me yeah. accept that so much more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so yeah, the, uh, that, that puts just enough reason to it for me to buy in. These these shots, this like the all the stuttering shots, yeah. gave me such huge anxiety. Oh yeah, because I, I have this I have this real issue of it's like, super uncomfortable feeling like I'm making progress and then getting pulled back. Like just yeah. really, really spikes my anxiety. But to think about it like that makes it go down way smoother. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. Also, I'll take this. Is, this is I believe this is actually the first shot of the outside of like of the convenience store. So we hear it referenced in the pilot. Uh, We, we assume that the arm and Bob and the grandmother in fire walk with me are, we assume that's the, because Philip Jeffrey says that was, you know, I was there as a meeting above the convenience store and we see them there. So we we remember that that is, that (laughs) is above the convenience store, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, what you doing over there, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Who could forget the jumping man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is incredible! Oh no! Oh, uh, but this is the first first time we see the actual convenience store yep. in yep. all of Twin Peaks history. So it's a it's an origin story for you know multiple different reasons i think that's where and it clicked again, for me i was sitting alone uh, i was sitting alone at my house on my couch my wife was babysitting and i was watching all i had the lights out I was watching all this and i was just like oh god where are we going <laughs> <laughs> when i saw the convenience store i was like oh origin story yeah cool yes yeah. <laughs> i could maybe enjoy watching part eight like starting at the atomic bomb like if I had never, cause you wouldn't, you have no idea. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen it and it has no relation to Twin Peaks. Um, so I, I mean, I feel like I could watch that not knowing anything about the show and be okay. It wouldn't suck me in by any means. But you mean know. like watching the, if you started at the, if you were just a person who didn't know anything about the show, you could just sit there and like, I agree. Like that's, it's, it felt like a, David Lynch short film, like yeah, an old absolutely. experimental yep. film. That it's like, absolutely. if you don't know anything about Twin Peaks, like other than the orbs and the convenience store yep. and the giant, obviously, like. But if you didn't know, yeah, exactly. Right. It's totally just random imagery, you know. Yeah. And the greatest thing that's ever been on TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love. It's like Showtime gave him the budget to do this. Yep. It's incredible that this even happened. It's incredible that it it. even aired. Netflix is. (laughs) Yeah. Now they've apparently given him, well, we don't know, but 
We know. More money than Showtime <laughs> to do whatever the hell he wants. Hulu, you're next. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Disney Plus. Oh, straight, well, straight story. Straight stories on Disney Plus. So oh, he's yeah, already yeah, got. Yeah, he's yeah. already got that. But yeah, he already curbed that market. Yeah, but um, but there will be more. <laughs> yes, Pluto. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, give me the, give me the David, David Lynch, Lynch channel, channel on Pluto. Pluto. I would <laughs> put that on all day. Oh, yeah. All that would day. be on all day. Um. So, shot at the convenience store. Uh, we see the woodsmen appear. There's a lot of stutter footage of them just kind of mulling about. Uh, with this continued ringing from the explosion going on over the, over the images. And uh, then we get... More explosion from 2120 to 2401. Jeez. So a total of about seven minutes of just visualizations of fire and When was the last time fire sparkles? The countdown. The countdown was the last okay. yeah. voice we heard. <laughs> uh, and at the end of the just flurry of images and noise and score... Uh, we are finally given a little bit of relief with an image of a monster with horns, boobs, and backwards hands <laughs> floating and vomiting Dr. Dreadful goo. My arm's been back. Remember, Doc, remember Dr. Dreadful, the thing you'd like, you'd make the, the goop and the spiders, oh, yeah. and it was like, Ehh! Christmas. And the creepy crawler thing? Yeah, the creepy crawler guy, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and she's just vomiting this gelatin. So let's stop and talk about the, because this is the experiment. Oh, the monster with yes. horns, boobs, and backwards yeah. hands vomiting. Also, the horns. Goop. Does the horn, the horns remind you of anything? Jerry. Yeah, that's a f- fucking double. <laughs> Click it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Click that shit. Um, no, the card, the boop card, the Ace of Spades. Oh, with, with the, the horns. ants on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That had the the kind of the different horns from what we'd seen on the. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an ant. Lips. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like antennae? Yes. We don't know 100% that that is what was in the glass box. However, no, that was Tracy. That's what I think. So, is so for the credits, maybe I can check real quick. Is this, is this thing not also credited as the experiment in the credits of this episode? I don't know if this thing's credited at all. I'm going to double check. Yeah, you should. If it is, then it totally is. Uh, it is, it is the same run. girl ex- accredited as the experiment. Same girl from Park. Oh, oh, okay. Crazy. There you go. Never mind. I do run into people sometimes that want to debate me about <laughs> the thing in the box is not the thing from the bomb. And I'm like, dude, what? Really? So it's definitely, yeah. But, but they do, they do look different. It A little bit, yes, for sure. Like, it's definitely. Yeah, it's been like it's eighty years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you evolve. <laughs> you would look different in eighty years, yeah. Mister Ring. Yeah. Bob used to wear. Bob thirty years ago used to wear a lot of denim. Now he's a ball. Yeah, <laughs> now he's a Things uh, change. Yeah. Well, if you want to be real specific, he was a ball, then wore a lot of denim. Now he's a ball again. That's true. He's bouncing around like a ball, like mm. a beach ball. If you want to buy, if you want to buy our denim beach ball. <laughs> Tell me where to pick the orders. <laughs> Somebody give me a phone number to call. Yep. Her arms have been back. Her yes, arms, her back. arms do been back. Uh, we need to talk about all the goop coming out of her mouth because it is full of speckly eggs. A lot of eggs. But there's a standout object, which is this black rock 
ball. The black rock? Yes. From Lost? No. Does that black ball have the fury of its own momentum, you think? <laughs> I think so. I think I would, so. I would say absolutely the it does. The fury of my own momentum. Uh, it's got death bags, line. the works. This black rock ball has Bob's face superimposed over it, which we know for sure it's Bob because we immediately cut to fire. (laughs) It's like, yep, that's Bob. Thanks for confirming. Fire. Yep. uh, More more bombs from twenty (laughs) four fifty five to twenty six (laughs) thirteen. Yep. The fire is walking with us. Her her uh, vermin is a lot like the cream corn vermin. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. Just it's it kind of Garmin Bozia ish, mm-hmm. yeah, like uh, the, um, like the magician's vermin. Yeah, she's throwing it up like <laughs> I love threw it corn. up. <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes, so a giant electrical pulse pulsating accident that causes Mister C to vermin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode does get more palatable here as we uh, we go back to the purple sea with its mountain obelisk. The Flash Gordon building. (laughs) And then uh, we move inside to a black and white room where a flapper lady is sitting on a couch vibing to a record player. Just standard fare. Totally vibing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's a giant bell-shaped device in the room that starts going off at 30 minutes and 11 seconds into the episode, at which uh, six question marks, the giant, finally comes around. Six? Seven. Seven. Seven question marks. Well, I need to change my notes. That's embarrassing. But uh, this alarm isn't addressed until 31 minutes and 50 seconds into the episode. Jeez. He's like, should I check this? Maybe I shouldn't. You should check this. Maybe Please. I will. Oh, I can just press this button? Yeah. Cool. Hey, if keeping in line with the themes of the original show and everything we've seen so far, the reason that took so long, he was in the bathroom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He was yeah. taking a leak. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it didn't really set the scene up well enough. It's So there, there's this room. It's in black and white. On the left side of the room, there's a giant bell-shaped mechanism. Is it not floating through space? For some reason, I have it in my head that this room is just like floating You know what, man? It might be. Space. Sure. It might be. Okay. Uh, parts we've of it, seen, maybe. Especially with the black and white, we can assume... I, assume, I do know space is black. I assume this is the same place from part the very beginning of part one with uh, Cooper and the giant. Sure. So it's it's this space, and there there's a a, a lady we haven't seen before sitting on a couch, dressed Can, dressed like a flapper. What's her name? I don't know. You didn't catch her name? No. Yeah, it's only in, it's only name. in the credits. It's Senorita Dido. Yep. Senorita Dido. Yep. So we we've had a Nido, and now a Dido. Now we got a Dido. Correct, and from the same place. Yeah. So there's, I, I guess, a way of doing things here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a way of naming <laughs> things. Yeah, she's she's just listening to this. Uh, I, I guess you call it a phonograph, a very old timey record player. And that's what I was vibing to on the way up here. Yeah. <laughs> Is this slow thirties room? Yep, that uh, came on, and song? I was like, yeah. oh man, how did it know? <laughs> I didn't know. It's a great song. Yeah. All that is going on while Carol Striken takes so long to come around and to check inspect. out this alarm. Yeah. Finally cuts it off and then takes equally as long to walk through this entire structure, it seems like. 
just vast open floor plan rooms with like hard Dutch angles to watch him go through everything. This is all filmed in reverse. He goes through a room, up some stairs, uh, to the in-house movie theater, which is legitimately pretty dope. It's awesome. And uh, it's a theater in L.A., right, Misdrewing? Yeah. Was this the same theater that was used in Mulholland Drive? If it's not, it looks just like, I mean, this is. <laughs> yeah, that's what of... I always thought. I was like, this looks like the same place. But uh, he, he comes in here and uh, gets a private screening of a sizzle reel from the episode we've already seen. Which I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I think that's so funny that it's just a replay of, oh, now he's getting this information. Yeah. <laughs> so was the alarm going, I guess the alarm going off was triggering him to go check out, oh, let me go see what's going on. Yeah, that, that's like yeah, uh, when they flash, they flick at the lights at intermission, like it's about to start yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, he sees the bomb go off. He even sees a lot of the visuals. <laughs> Like, he gets the exact same edits that yeah, we got. Yeah. Sees the monster, sees Bob being spit out. And then, I mean, just as expected, floats into the air and starts spraying gold out of his face. Right. This episode was too predictable. He actually packages that gold and sells it to Jacoby <laughs> for the show. Oh, he should. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real self-sustaining economy. That's right. <laughs> so again, the recurring gold theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's 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 so much. Tyler, you're your first <laughs> you're a first timer. Yes. Correct. What are we what are we feeling right here? I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is happening? I will say this. On a first time watch, if you're looking through, if you're watching it and you don't know what's going on, you can't say that none of it makes sense because there's. You can literally no, say you that. Absolutely. You can only <laughs> no, say no, that. No, 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 no. You have the only thing you can say. I disagree 100% because there's clearly a story that's being told. If you can't follow it, Incorrect. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Incorrect. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you do. You just don't want to tell me. I'm just telling you. I don't you. think there's a wrong answer here. I no, think, definitely not. I think it, but I absolutely think there's a story being told. I, think, I don't think you'd be like, oh, this, doesn't, this has nothing to do with anything. Absolutely not. You're wrong. Sorry. Yeah. But it absolutely, this entire thing has to do with everything. Yeah. And this scene... This this is the Didn't origin we just talked about earlier it, how stuff happens it, that doesn't matter or doesn't have anything yeah, it, to do with anything? Yeah, this is this is too big. We're talking the dog about leg. Like, oh, okay. oh, there's a dog leg in episode two, and they talk about Dead Dog Farm in yeah. the original show. Like that could be a yeah. We made it a connection, it, and I think that's awesome. I feel like that has more to do with this, it than this. this absolutely not. Thirty minutes. This is lit- this is literally the creation of Laura Palmer. Exactly. Argu- arguably, which is what the entire show is about. Like yep. this show, this episode is. I must have missed her <laughs> conception. You did. <laughs> you literally solid did. Solid gold. Yep. Solid gold. Solid gold. She's solid gold, baby. Look. I think Tyler is right. Yes. And I think Patrick is right. I hate you. No, listen. I can look you in the eye and say You're doing it. I can say, Grandma got a back for a <laughs> sorry, let me start over. <laughs> yeah, she did. Way to go, Grandma. Let me start it over. <laughs> yeah, begin again, please. I can look you in the eye and say, Grandma got a back rub from a backflip plasma shark. Triple dipped. Yeah. In seismology. Oh, yeah, give it to me. And those are words, and you know those words. But that At sentence doesn't make any least. sense. That doesn't make any sense. 
I made sense of it. Make sense of it. I could say the same thing to somebody else, and they'd say... So that means he gets part eight. Okay, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said I made sense of it. Like, I, I can say words, and you know the words that I'm saying, but that doesn't mean that that sentence makes any sense. Basically, an atomic bomb goes off. Some demon spews out a bunch of crap, and in that crap is the face of Bob, which we know. And eggs. At the same, at the same time, the giant, who you could argue that we know as well who helped Cooper in the original show. So we can assume that maybe, maybe if this demon that creates this black orb with Bob's face, you could call it bad or evil. We've got this gentle giant character who in response to see creates a, a gold orb with Laura's face and sends it to earth. That's real. That can be interpreted a million different ways, but like that's, that's, that's literally just like literally what happens on screen. So she like, was created to be haunted and died. Well, more complicated a, than that. That's a different thing. I mean, that's a yes. You haven't seen. You haven't seen everything. Let, let yeah, me finish. Let me finish describing the scene. Let me finish describing the scene real quick. Yeah, yeah. He, he floats up into the air, goes full horizontal, starts spraying gold out of his face. Common hat. Amazing Angelo Badalamenti, by the way. Absolutely love the music oh, in this scene. Yeah. It is great killer. Music. Great music. Spraying gold out of his face. Uh, in that gold spray forms this golden bubble, a perfect golden circle. And in that is superimposed Laura Palmer's face. That gets sent down to Senorita Dido, Dido who takes it like it's a a baby bird that has decided to light in her hands and says, you know what I should do? Send this to earth Krypton style. Yep. And <laughs> <You> just <laughs> absolutely puts it in the special earth tube, the yep. earth shooter, this pneumatic tube that only goes to earth. Yeah. <laughs> Shunk's Lara's gold orb down to earth. I love Shunk as a verb. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, Ostensibly in direct response to Bob's black ball being vomited from the the backwards hands boob demon. So it's funny with this being called the experiment, the bomb going off was called the Trinity experiment. Um, And another, another title for it was the Manhattan project, the glass box. I am become the Manhattan destroyer. In Manhattan, Manhattan, (laughs) literally. And the thing is like, it's it just every time you watch it or yeah. talk about it or whatever, like something else comes up. Yes. Like, so the Manhattan, the Manhattan project was the larger United States government needs to develop a super weapon using atomic uh, fission. It's called the Trinity test. It was the first detonation of an atomic weapon in, in the history of the world. And that's, that's what we witnessed. Can I, can I go back yeah. to the, the orb? Take me back, Laura, baby. Laura being let's go to Orb Town, baby. Take me there, Skitch. You you said the words pure air. What? How did you describe her? Describe the orb. I said new pure gold orb. I think. Okay. I think that's I what I said. I feel like when you said it, I was you were talking about her as a person because she was anything but. Oh no! As a person, she had flaws every which way. Yeah. As as her lifestyle is lead one to one to want to do, but I'm saying at this at this creation, 
like we we see the image of what this i i guess is it a soul like is it a new soul being created it's a gold ball it's a gold ball and we see Lara's face in it, so we know that this is basically a Lara seed. Well, we don't know that, but I, I, know I that. assume this much. This from, is all from new to visuals. me. But where else have we seen a gold ball so far in this season? Oh, this is going to be a three-parter. <laughs> where? Wait. You've said it like a I thousand have. times <laughs> in this show. You've I said don't remember. Every time a gold ball comes up, it's, it's a, a gold, gold ball. ball. So it's my classic Christmas story yeah, reference. The, it's a blue yeah. ball. Oh, it's a bowling ball. Oh, it's a bowling ball. <laughs> if we go back to the Dougie, the Dougie in the red room. Yes. The gold ball. Yep. Oh, yeah. The Dougie seed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tyler's so but Laura is so much smarter than Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> but Laura also got mentally. Which Dougie and are psycho- you talking about? <laughs> she got psychologically and physically attacked and tortured from such an impressionable age that 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 intended purity and intelligence was just ransacked i think the best way to just move forward without getting into like too much speculation about what's going to happen and whatever but like this episode like tyler's kind of right like this episode does kind of stand on its own it is completely kind of abstract i mean we know laura and bob because we know Laura and Bob. I think it's fair from context. These were my first impressions from the first night seeing it, that he is reacting to the creation of this black evil orb by creating a good or a golden orb and then sends it to, and then he and the lady send it to earth. I just feel like that's so much. It's about all you need to know. Gray area in there. Like, tell me about it. Oh, dude, it gets worse. If he had to like, wait to see this, oh, well, I guess I better make this to combat it. Like, mm-hmm. why you gotta wait? Like, the alarm hadn't gone off. There was nothing that needed. Yeah, to be he done. didn't know. He didn't. Yeah, he know. didn't know. Like, look, you're well, in, he knew. You're in your black and white room. You've got the slow thirties room jams going. Everybody's vibing. We're having a good time. I, Dude, you're describing a Friday to me. <laughs> You've never put that on show. Then the alarm goes off. It's like, oh, now my way of gotta, life. Gotta make a my gold way of ball. Life is being challenged. Yeah, it's time to go make a gold ball. Time I'll to name this up. one Laura. Lock and load, baby. I'm so confused. <laughs> let's take a tangent off of the speculation and let's go to some speculation. Wow. Wow. That's a transition for you. That was pretty good. We're back on Earth. On a sandy beach? More sand. White sands? Jamaica? Sure. Speckled egg? I sort of assumed it was the same area. Well, we've, ju- we've, we've, we've gone forward in time, though. How far? Is this the where Dougie Milford's trying to nail that broad? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Let's go ahead and say that's canon. Okay. <laughs> we go to where? 1956? 1956. Okay. Let's do it. Earth, 1956. 1956. Speckled egg on the beach. Hatches. It is Yoshi. And so let's talk about the egg quick. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like a lot of people immediately thought, because of what we just saw, that that was Laura. But we also just that's saw... That's what I uh, thought. That's what Mr. Ring thought. But did I? we saw... That? Not Did you? I mean, you were there. 
Did I say anything? You didn't say a word. Then I did not think that. <laughs> um, but we also saw the experiment, as you said, spew out a lot of other eggs. Mm-hmm. Yep. It could have been any of those eggs just drifting for years before they landed. Them, yeah. Oh, boy. The one yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? The one that cracked when it landed? That was James. <laughs> Why? Um, so, Why? yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's up. Obviously, that's up for, for interpretation. But I know I remember reading because, I mean, immediately, what did I do when the episode ended? I got on Reddit and was up for hours just trying to, like, wrap my brain around what happened. But I remember reading comments immediately where people were like, oh, well, that had to have been Laura. That had to be the Laura egg because of what we just saw. I still kind of think that, to be honest. I think that it's kind of set up to be ambiguous. I don't think, I mean. They don't tell you. <laughs> yeah, they don't tell you. I think eggs are eggs and orbs are orbs. In context, context of everything that uh, that happens, and I don't want to, and not going to spoil anything, but like I basically think seventy five percent of me believes that that is an egg from the evil vermin. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, however. I agree with you. The, by the, fact, way. the fact that it was the next cut, the fact that uh, this creature goes into a prepubescent girl, this the, the, the previous scene is basically golden fallopian tubes that create a freaking gold ball that goes to Earth, and the next shot is this creature that cracks out of this thing that goes inside a girl who is at the age when... Menstruation starts, then the orb had Laura's face in it. Made me think of conception and birth and eggs and and puberty and like I could I could make a solid argument that that is Laura, based on just what we see now. Based on the books, based on what happens in the rest of the show, based on what people talk about, based on interviews with Mark Frost and people since then, I'm going to say that it's one of the evil egg vermits. However, in my mind, the cool thing is in my mind, I play with both, depending on my mood, depending on whatever. No one can say you're wrong. No one can say you're right because it's interpretive, but I can, I can make it, I can make a a strong case either way. Another million reasons why I love this sequence or this episode. So that's my thoughts on that. I pretty much agree with that. And and I can only say this because they haven't seen everything yet, but I pretty much agree. And, and you're honestly, I mean, I'll tell, I think, I mean, I messaged you this the other day. I mean, your videos, I mean, they helped me a ton just like put things together um and so i'm excited for them to see them (laughs) in the future but but i do agree but it's but it's something fun to think about um and i wanted to bring that up just because that's what we're seeing after what we just saw there were so many eggs in that spew or spear if that helps (laughs) we only saw one hatch yes so these eggs could have been spread a lot of places, far and wide. A lot of different Yoshi's could have hatched and crawled into a lot of young people's mouths. I bet one floated yes. around and then kind of caught the wind and landed and crawled into 
Donna 1.0's mouth, Laura Funboy, and that's how we got Donna 2.0 optimized. Wow. In form. The end of my theory is... All how these- dare you just move on <laughs> from that perfect analysis? You have to. The end of that... The end of that of my theory is that all these different Yoshis hatched and crawled into a bunch of different mouths and somehow caused the offspring of these people to be super weird and there are as many eggs as there are known cast members in Twin Peaks. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's just super weird because everybody was born from somebody swallowing a frog with wings. Moth frog. Then uh, we see a young boy and a young girl walk out of a building and have a super uninteresting conversation. Literally thought it was Dougie Milford immediately. Yeah? Yeah. He was that young? I I don't, I would assume so. No, I guess not. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking at me for timelines, do not. (laughs) I mean, hey, Tyler, to be fair, that was my first thought too, because this is all hitting you all at once and your brain's just going a million miles a minute and you're like, you're like, hey, uh, okay, 1950s and Trinity and like this New Mexico, like Roswell, like, oh, maybe this is like the Milford thing. Like, yeah, that's how the first time through my brain was just like, okay, maybe this is like, yeah, because be... there's the connection of. My problem stuff. was I read the book afterwards, so then I just thought, oh, oh. he was working the site when the bomb went off. <laughs> right, right. Is he a woodsman? <laughs> Maybe he's a watcher in the woods. Got a wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's pretty good. Yes. New shirt. Oh, hey. Oh, I'm going to, uh, this doesn't come up at all later. And this is one of those, just those weird, weird theories that you, you're just, you're going to either people think what they want or they don't. But since you've read the secret history and now you've watched part eight, uh, in the secret history, do you remember that there was a mysterious fire that, uh, burned down a lot of Twin Peaks or whatever, and there were some uh, lumberjacks that were killed. So if you read the book again, mm-hmm. there were eight lumberjacks that were killed, eight woodsmen that were burned alive in this fire. That's right. And if you freeze frame any of those shots, apparently there are eight woodsmen at any given time throughout the return, if you free, like with Ray and them rubbing Mr. C to, to the outside, the convenience store, the most you will ever see of the woodsmen, there are eight of them. I love that. And there were eight woodsmen burned in that mysterious fire in the secret history. And those woodsmen sure looked burned. Uh, there are also people that believe, I think this is a bit of a stretch. I don't think so, but it is interesting to know the conditions and the description of the fire that killed those woodsmen. It was a rainless night, mysterious fire, lightning struck, sim- very, very, very similar to the mysterious fire that took the life of Margaret Lanterman's husband. husband. Yeah. Margaret Lanterman's husband was described as incredibly tall with chiseled features and a beard. So there are some that believe that the woodsman in part eight is Margaret Lanterman's husband. I won't have it. <laughs> Fair enough. Just throwing that out there. And that's fine, Dave. 
Tyler might be having it based on the look on his face. I'd need to see a picture <laughs> of her <laughs> husband. It's, it's okay. We'll pull out the wedding photos. <laughs> but that's that's my only cool woodsman theory is that I like so, that. Supposedly they're the spirits of those eight woodsmen that were in Mark Frost's mind right. in that book. I like that, cool. but that also doesn't make sense Look, to me. It, it's not the first theory that I've enjoyed that I didn't want. Why? Like they died in a fire in Twin Peaks, and so they came back from a. Oh no! This isn't. No, that the... tracks. It's that we we got to get to him, <laughs> but for this for for the woodsman to be we got a light woodsman. Yeah, for him, yeah. for God of Light to be Log Lady's husband, I'm not ready for it. Yeah, fair enough. Me either, honestly. It's just yeah. about the the uh, the bad coop, Audrey implications. I'm not ready for that. If that makes sense, that tracks. I'm 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 not set to jet on that just yet. It's another one of those kinds of things where, yeah, that would make sense. I don't need that. I don't want that. And until somebody says explicitly, this is the case, I'm not having it. Fair enough. So you know where we are? You know where we still are? A boy and a girl walk out of a building. <laughs> We're still there. Then what? The girl finds a penny heads up. Wow, that's good luck. You would think. It's really not. Not in this case. No. Uh, they, they talk about whether or not they're going steady with anybody. And it's... The coin reminded me of the coin trick. Sure. From red. Uh, they do walk past a gas station slash convenience store. Right. Mm. I saw uh, it. I don't know if it's the exact same one, but they do walk past a station. And then uh, we cut to a homeless guy appearing at the blast site. Perfect. He descends from pure air. Yes. As the arm says. <laughs> we descended from pure air. And then we're, we're back on the road at night with a, a man and lady, we assume his wife, driving on the road, who gets stopped by said homeless looking guy in the road. Uh, I guess I can stop saying homeless guy and say these are the woodsmen. Sure. Gets stopped by the woodsman. And uh, he approaches the driver and uh, asks a pretty simple question. Yeah. <laughs> the man seems a little startled. Yeah. I want to talk about something I noticed with this. As, is, it, is it that he asks another question? Inside the car, it, it seems like things started moving slow-mo a little bit. It reminded me of Ray from earlier in the episode where it's like when you get in contact with these things, mm-hmm. with the woodsmen, I also, they're going in slow motion. I, I also noticed that, but it it felt to me more like a, a temporal distortion where when these guys get into your like field, you know how in a nightmare when you get faced with a threat, like you go to punch somebody and it's like you're trying to move through water. But it's just like, it seems like, at least to me, I don't know if this is everyone's experience, but when I'm threatened in a dream and I try to fight back, it's like I just can't move fast enough to do it. Like I I can't ever make contact because I can't, I can't get through whatever's keeping me from getting there in time. need to work out more. I absolutely need to work out more. (laughs) It's also interesting that she pulls him away just in time before... Any further destruction might happen, and it, it would have because yeah, she 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 pulled him away. So. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, the wife pulls the man away from the woodsman as he's leaning into the window, asking for a light with a cigarette in his hand, and they are able to escape. 
And I love that shot too from inside the car. Mm-hmm. When you see the other one, they almost hit him. I love that. Yeah. It's awesome. What would have happened if they gave him a light? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that might have been the answer to everything. That would have just He would have left. Just like Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> then evaporated. <laughs> it would have evaporated. Then we would go back to the roadhouse. <laughs> catch the encore of the nine inch nails. Just give him what he wants. Yeah. No, it was- would have finally heard hurt. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Johnny Cash. The oh. Johnny Cash. I was just going to say that. <clears throat> It's the better version. Well, Internet fight me. No, Trent would agree. <laughs> but that gets me thinking. I'm picturing Johnny Cash in the Roadhouse. I, I just I, I got such big Eraserhead vibes off this whole sequence of the like the attack on the car, and uh, even the the continuing scene with the boy walking the girl home with the coin that was heads up. Yeah, is anybody missing a head? Or in the season, the coin that was heads up with Abraham Lincoln on it, and it's Abraham Lincoln is running around terrorizing people. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much, and that guy is like, and he's he that's plays Abraham he Lincoln like job. a lot. Yeah, that's like oh, his really? day job. Yeah, go to his website. <laughs> it's awesome. His day job is Abraham Lincoln impersonator. That rules. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you might know me from the penny. <laughs> <laughs> So the aforementioned boy and girl are are still walking. He walks her home. Uh, he gives her a kiss, which she isn't super into. No. Uh, it's more of a mercy for the boy. Yeah. <laughs> kind of where that scene leaves. He he lets her go home. He seems happy with himself and walks yeah. away. He just had sex. <laughs> for his age, I suppose. And In this era. time. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what? Oh, you, do we you, need to have a talk? <laughs> So what, bonus, you held bonus hands? Patreon episode. We're gonna give Tyler the talk. Tyler explains <laughs> what third base was in 1954. Speaking for five dollar patrons and hires. Abraham Lincoln Logs walks into a radio station and meets the receptionist. Well, we see the sign it says "On Air." Yeah, and he descended from On Air. <laughs> he kind of did. You're right. <laughs> this is the. KPJK radio station. He walks right in. The receptionist is there. She greets him. And he greets her with an open palm to the top of her head and cracks it like an egg. Like an egg. We've already seen an egg crack in this episode. Yep. And it won't be the last. So drops her her like a bad habit. Egg devilin' around here. He's the devil. (laughs) (laughs) There are eggs. These are devilish eggs. Yep. Walks into the actual DJ booth and catches that guy off guard. Oh, yeah. Did you catch the song? I did not catch the song. Like a virgin. <laughs> the song is My Prayer by My prayer. Platters. Platters? Yep. Fun mm-hmm. fact about the Platters. Um, one of they their have singers, many food. It's true. Including deviled eggs. Yes. Uh, one of their singers, his name is David Lynch. I didn't know that. Yep. I did know that. <laughs> you can reach us at talkingbackwardspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at talkingbackwardspod. The song did come out like a month before this supposedly takes place. What? So he grabs hold of the DJ's head and half cracks it. Yeah. Just sort of holds, holds on, on to him, him for a while. Holds on to him for a minute. Because he's got some stuff a to say. hot minute. He does. 
Um, he's got stuff to say. <laughs> he's got the guy by the head. Apparently has a history in broadcasting yes. because he you knows know, how to operate the yeah. equipment immediately. Very impressed. Just swipes the record. <laughs> he's like, yeah, what's going on here? We're done with no, records. He's a magician. <laughs> he's not. So Cole Stained Abraham Lincoln says, we're done with records. Yeah. I'm on Check the this out. It's a CD. <laughs> I would have lost it if he was from the future and brought CDs. A compact disc. <laughs> the That Thing You Do single. Or some, just some mini clips. <laughs> Hit clips. What song, what song would he play? Mbop. For sure. Yeah. Mbop. I feel like yeah. he'd put this one on. Blunted Beats. Brains theme. I'm, I'm a good oh. man. <laughs> I feel like he'd put that one on. And he might. <laughs> and he, he might. Flips on the mic, pulls it over to him like he's done this a million times. Got a light. <laughs> Not quite. Now he, he repeats over and over. A poem. A poem. Not our first poem of the series. Not. But this one is new. It is new. Uh, this one goes, this, this is the water. Is the water. This and this is, is the, the well. well. Oh, that's classic Harriet Hayward. Oh, yeah. That is classic. See that window over there? Harriet <laughs> Hayward poetry, if I know it. Drink full. Hey, Laura. <laughs> In the well. <laughs> now that I've given it some time, <laughs> yes. I think the horse is the white of the eyes. Yeah, Exactly. Now the poem goes, this is the water, this is the well. Drink full and descend. Yes. The horse is the white of the eyes and the dark within. Mm. It's beautiful. So badass. It's super badass. <laughs> it's a badass it poem. Badass. What does it mean? This is the water. I hate <laughs> you so much. Stop talking. Adversely, this is the well. Drink what, full. What are you taking me on a tour of your house? Yeah. Drink, drink full, drink full and which is about coffee. And descend means donuts coming down the stairs. Coming down the <laughs> stairs. There's only one set of stairs I know of in Twin Peaks. The horse is the white of the eyes, obviously. We're, we've seen a horse there, so it's got to be Laura's stair. And the dark within. Boom. What I love about this um, is while he's saying this, it's we're seeing that it's reaching the people in this town. Mm-hmm. Yes, and what I love yeah. is that there's a nice square mile. I love that it's it's parallels though too to even just some places and characters we know in Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. We get a diner, so I'm reminded mm-hmm. of of Norma. We get a mechanic, I'm reminded of Big, Big Ed. Ed. I think that's really mm-hmm. cool. And then a girl sitting by a window, an open window, and I'm immediately reminded of Harriet. Laura and her open window <laughs> that Bob comes through. Not much Harriet. Like the frog moth comes through. Harriet Talking also the... sits through an open window, which is why I think she wrote this poem. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, Absolutely. Repeats this poem over and over again as people listening to the station overhear it. For example, a waitress at a diner who collapses, a mechanic working on a car who collapses, yeah, uh, the Wait. the aforementioned girl who just got walked home and got her what I assume first kiss, yeah, unconscious, and the frog moth from the egg that we saw, yeah, comes in through her window, mm. like Bob, and like Bob. she subconsciously opens her mouth, 
and lets it crawl right in there, right down her gullet. Just this is really uncomfortable. Real macaroni in the pot moment. Real, no real heat. gross. <laughs> real Go right gross. in. Super gross. So, I mean, and, and what I put here was that the reason he was doing this is to allow that to happen, and he quits once it's successful. Yeah, as soon as the frog moth is all the way in this girl's gullet, he stops broadcasting and finally kills the DJ. I mean, cracks his Finally cracks his skull. Kill him first. Like, the guy's just been stuck there listening to this happen. This is the water. And watching this happen. And this is the while. He starts changing his inflection. He starts, like, he, does. Put, he starts putting some stank That's, on it. I actually, that bothered <laughs> exactly, me. Exactly. Put some mustard this on it. This is the that. water. It bothered me. This is the well. It made me. Um, Drinkful. He it, gets more intense as he goes. He gets yeah. too into the, yeah. to the delivery. Made me feel like this initially was supposed to be this big orchestrated, I don't know, like realm of overtaking or something. But like when he started getting a personality about it, like it seemed like it was just him. I don't know. It made me feel disconnected. Yeah. it, 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 It felt less like he was a herald and more like he was just kind of having fun with it. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe just he was getting more intense because he was like, okay, this needs to happen. Why is it not happening? Assuming he's got some connection to the bug. Yeah, but then, like, he, when he was getting, he had this, like, Bill the Butcher kind of like, this is the water and this is the well. Like, (laughs) he's got a cigarette hanging from his mouth. (laughs) Puts a little dead color on it. (laughs) And the dark within. End quote. He's getting into it because he's also. Like he's cooshballing the guy's head. He's got this guy's head in his in his hand. Ooh, daddy, this is the water. (laughs) Dig until your fingers bleed, as the nine inch nails say. I mean, my first impressions of this, and I kind of still feel the same after seeing it uh, 157 times. The return taken on its own, or just kind of as of a new thing, or what? Like to me, this was the new Firewalk with Me poem. Like this was the new, the new evil chant. Or evil, whatever, magical chant or whatever. Oh, that, this, this is evil uh, chant 2.0 for sure. R- that's kind of my take on it. And we, the horse thing, I, Tyler, for oh. the record, like, I am making, I am making an entire video at some point called the white horse. And the jury in my mind is still out on what it means and why it's there and who it represents or what it is or whatever. But we do hear the horse at uh, night. We do know Firewalk with me. Sarah Palmer sees the white horse in the original show and in Firewalk with me. We hear the horse at At the end of the night. Uh, Episode two, when Cooper sees Laura in the red room and she whispers in his ear and then disappears. This is in the return. Yeah. He's, uh, then the curtains blow open and he's looking into the black abyss. We see a white horse. Remember? Yeah. Um, well, an interesting so, connection too, with that, that made me think of is like the woodsman here, the God of light woodsman is saying these words, I feel like to fulfill this, this purpose and it's to put everyone to sleep. And then I got reminded when I started thinking about the white horse, I thought about Leland, Essentially putting Sarah to sleep before she saw exactly. the white horse. Like the exact same thing. Yeah. 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 But is, you know, is just in a different uh, way. I'm just saying, as far as, as far as this dude is concerned, is that a totem? Is that an image? Is that some sort of 
does that represent somebody or some entity? Is that is is the white horse truly evil? Does it just appear when evil things are happening? Or is it connected to the woodsman? Like this is all stuff that's in my mind changes every time I I uh, revisit it. But we do hear a, a white horse. We do hear a horse. Yeah, right, uh, neighing right before the, we get the, in the, the darkness. Right, immediately before uh, starring Kyle McLaughlin, <laughs> we hear the white horse. It just freaks yes, exactly. me out. In complete darkness, by the way. I love yes, the way exactly. this was shot. Oh yeah, incredible. <laughs> I have, awesome. <laughs> I, I have two things. Uh, and one was just as we were talking, I came up with it. Love uh, that. Uh, one white horse. Is a death icon always has been. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's a death totem. Like either death is coming or death is here. Like that's historically, theologically, forever a white horse is equivalent to death in some level. So that being present is not surprising. Uh, it's it's just it's always there before or during like tragic death events. That's when we get the white horse. Uh, it's as he's repeating it, he is killing people. It's like, there's your death there. You know, Sarah would see it constantly. And before Laura's death, Maddie's death. Maddie's death. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie. It's like girl, like white horse equals death. Like just to me, that's just flat out. I, I feel like there's not much more to that. That's what it is. The other thing is on poems. Like you have the fire walk with me poem and you have this poem and you have opposing elements. So chronologically, this is the first poem. This is the water. This is the well drink full and descend horses, the white of the eyes is dark within. Then you have, what is it between two worlds of magician longs to see or some chance walk out me. fire walk with one me. chance out between two worlds, fire walk with me, water and fire are opposing elements. Yeah. So it's like at some point did this spirit groups, did this lodge faction like, cause if, if, if the bomb going off is what opened the door to let boob monster vomit Bob and basically release the woodsman into existence. If that's what tore the veil to make these lodge spirits exist and their, their creed <laughs> is this is the water, this is the well, blah, blah, blah. If that's what they lived by, then at some point did Bob go rogue and live by a different set of values that they didn't agree with. And that's why he's such a problem currently and why everybody's hunting him now. I like all that. Is he that like sounds great? Is is he Could the is he the, all of is he the splinter cell of <laughs> I'm I'm saying Have like, you, do you subscribe to our podcast? I you can play it back when it okay. airs in okay. four months. Great. I, I, I'm just saying if, if, if the ideology is like what's even the word I want if it is somehow embedded in just like the, the theory of water Let, let's just say that the the idea of the lodge spirits as they were born was water something about flow something about saturation if that was their whole deal was those ideals and then Bob decides, actually, everything should be about fire, destruction, cleansing, like just the reduction of everything to its purest element. 
and that was his idea. That is completely inverse to the original like conception and reason for existence for the spirits. If he split off and did his own thing in a fire-based logic versus their water-based logic, that would be a reason for him to be on the run, to be sucked back into the Black Lodge, to be resisting everything around him that's not him. Why Mike hunts him? Why Mike cut his arm off? Just... Mm-hmm. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dude, I'm, it's all I'm good, drunk man. Too. We're okay to talk about this now because that's the end of the episode. The, he yeah. finally kills the DJ yeah. and, and the credits roll. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to bring up one other thing about the bug. Um, the frog moth. Uh, I was also reminded of Mike um, talking Mike. about, uh, do you understand the parasite? It attaches to itself, to a life form, mm. and feeds. Mm. So I was immediately reminded of mm. that quote. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we probably should wrap it up and get to some final mm. thoughts on the episode and give it a score. Patrick? Uh, yeah, I mean, Pat- sure, sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, I watched this Home Alone Jaw was on the floor. I feel like I got on Reddit for hours after just trying to put pieces together. Got online after when finally like major publications were putting up their reviews and they were putting stuff together more than I did. And I was like, did we watch the same episode? Like, like, I don't know. Like, so I mean, I started putting pieces together and I was like, oh my God, like there's way more to this than I initially thought because yes, my jaw was on the floor, but I was like, I don't, I don't know that I understand. Like my brain just wasn't working well enough to be like, I don't, I don't understand. Because you got to realize, I wasn't a David Lynch um, fan before Twin Peaks. I hadn't really seen much of his stuff. Yes, I've gone back and back and revisited it. And, um, but I couldn't just sit there and be like, this wasn't like the most thought-provoking thing I've ever seen. Like, my God, like this, I'm going to be thinking about this for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, this yeah. is just one of those episodes where I'm just like, what pieces of this puzzle uh, can I put together? And that's that's the fun part of, of the show for me. Uh it's frightening. It's unpredictable. It's beautiful. Um, I really think like kind of what you were saying a second ago, Mr. Ring um, with Lynch, it's not just weird to be weird. It all comes from a specific place with him. I mean, you can see the people out there who try to be David Lynch and try to, you know, it's like, yo, they're just, they're trying to be Lynch. Like you can tell when it's like trying to be, but this all comes, I think from, from a very genuine place. And, and, and thank you Showtime for, for giving the budget to this. I don't, understand how this how this ever ever made it to air but but and and speaking of just david lynch we need to credit mark frost he's as much a part of this episode i think if not maybe a little more for all for all i mean yes david lynch is you know putting putting everything you know to the screen for us to see but mark frost is very much uh such a huge part of of this episode and i mean the secret history is is a testament um, to that. And I, I know this episode is not for everyone. Um, it's, it's weird as shit. Uh, but, but, but I will say, I think the stuff that happens in part three is weirder than this episode. I think that stuff when he comes, when he's f- coming through a socket, come on, that's weirder than anything that happens in this episode. But I also want to point out the music. I absolutely love the music and the entirety of this episode. The sound in this episode is absolutely incredible. Angelo's music in the scene with the giant and Senorita Dido is so, so good. That's what I've had the music come from in my intro music for, for this specific episode. I, I love it. I love it. This isn't an episode I revisit often, but I do, I do think about it a lot 
and I'll never forget the experience of, of seeing it the first time because it just was not expected at all. And, and I appreciate that, that it aired the way it did. That it, it just seems like he was given 100% total creative freedom, <laughs> which you don't see right. to give an artist just, hey, here, go paint. <laughs> you do you. We'll pay for the paint. Bob Ross it. <laughs> do it. Well, I, I watched this episode for the first time with you. Yeah. And I remember. Just it, it was just a lot of stuff. I didn't I, and I didn't give you any heads up. Nope, not at all. And that's how it should be, because it's just like I wasn't we weren't given that uh, no, <laughs> on our first one. No, we sure weren't. Uh I, I honestly think it wouldn't it wouldn't be so like heralded as such a weird episode if it weren't for the, you know, 10 to 11 minutes dedicated solely to just footage of fire and visuals. Uh, that's really the only really weird part to me is just the, the like art film section where it's like, you're not given a lot of context. You're just given images that are kind of I mean, disassociated and go on for so long. And then you you cut to something else that's really interesting and you go right back to the Winamp visuals. Like it's it's because of that that it feels so so weird as an episode. If if there was different content in in between or even if those segments were shorter, if there was 4 minutes less of that stuff, this episode wouldn't be so deconstructed as being like like oh it's the nefarious part 8. Like it's it's because of that that it's it's taken so strangely by people and they, they have such a hard time dealing with everything in it. A lot of stuff does happen. And I, I feel like the, the way that it's posited is simple enough to understand relatively for a series like Twin Peaks. Like the things that it gives you for lack of a better term makes sense. It's because you cut to just these really abstract sections of just visual without dialogue that it's seen as a weird episode. I think it's very good. Uh, and there are sections that I think are beautiful. I could have done with, I'll bump it up to eight. I could have done with eight less minutes of fire and sparkles and swirly images and all that. Just take that out. And this is extremely watchable, but that's what makes it so hard to swallow for so many people. Wow. It was good. <laughs> also, it had nothing to do with anything. Just <laughs> Ring, you have any any final wrap up thoughts here? I think this is what it's all about. I think this is what David Lynch is all about. I think this is the greatest thing I've ever seen live on TV. I didn't understand it either right away. I didn't jump on Reddit right away, but uh, I actually. To be honest, I try to stay off the internet as much as possible just because I experienced the original show all by my lonesome and I kind of wanted to do the return the same way, just kind of absorb it, whatever. But like after this, I was just like, I was on, I, I, I had a different Twitter account back then, but I was going out finding like atomic bomb gifts and sharing that and sending all that. <laughs> stuff to my friends and stuff like this is the guitar. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I'd like 
learning, learning the chant, you know, I had the chant like burnt in my brain. Like I was waking up, like I woke up at like 5 a.m. the next morning, like this is the water. <laughs> I'm sure you remember the commercial that aired. There was, a, I think it was like right before the finale aired, but it was like, we're doing a marathon, you know, of, of, Showtime was doing a marathon, an all-day marathon leading up to the finale or whatever. And it would show, like, the going into the atomic bomb, and it would just show that quote of from Rolling Stone. It was like, it will fuck you up. <laughs> I think Dave's right. I think the reason that people... Why it's so, I guess, divisive or, or people just have different... Like, I agree, like, the... The amount of silence and the abstract visuals and, and whatnot is, is a huge part of it. But to be fair, like, ain't no other black and white Twin Peaks. Ain't no other flashbacks in Twin Peaks. Ain't no other flashbacks that go back 50 years. You know, like, this is a total, with the exception of the first, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. Which Mr. C gets shot. And then you have a, a musical number at the beginning of the episode and it's a twisted dark, like they flip the episode on its head. They flip the series on its head. They show you an abstract art film that is also kind of arguably the origin story to a lot of this stuff. It's not what I expected, but it's what I wanted like in the worst way. And like, it's so to me it was so good that like nine inch nails like maybe not now as like a 40 year old man but from 15 to 20 years old like basically nine inch nails like my favorite band as far as like dollars spent concerts gone to albums bought the whole nine yards from like 1994 till 2003 2004 like for 10 years of my life like Definitely my favorite band. And I walked away from this episode not even remembering that Nine Inch Nails was in it. Like at the the beginning, at the beginning, I was like, oh, holy shit, it's Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, this is cool. Like, you know, but like, but then it feels like it was a year ago by the time you get to the end. Speaking of the Roadhouse, that actually made me think because I've always thought this is with the sweeping scene from the scene before, it was just the calm before the storm of this episode. I've always (laughs) felt that way. It's interesting. I forgot. So the sweeping scene is the is seven. The sweeping scene is yeah. It's at the end, towards the end it's of seven. seven. Yeah. That's interesting. And the fact that it connects to the secret history, the fact that the the atomic bomb and the occult stuff, like this is where all the Aleister Crowley crap comes into play. You know, you can get rid of all of that stuff. Like uh, some people, I get comments on my videos all the time. Like the frost stuff doesn't doesn't matter. This is the expanded universe. This is all about David Lynch and like what he wants you to experience. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. However, if you deep dive into that stuff, it makes all this stuff even more dense and rich. And like, you can just keep exploring it. And the chant, the horse, the radio station, the woodsman, who are these people? What do they want? What does the chant mean? Is this a comment on, uh, post-nuclear America diving into radio and television and pop nonsense is this, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just, I get something new out of it every time. Absolutely love it. Probably my favorite episode of, I wouldn't say all of Twin Peaks because it's kind of that sequel prequel. Like 
Oh, people say, you know, like the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, the Return of the King is the best. Or like, or, or um, it's like, it's like, yeah, but like, it's the best because like, the, it's so emotional and, and I, I care about these characters and stuff. And it's like, yeah, but is the reason you care about these characters is because of the first one. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like these characters were set up in the first one. The reason you care if they live or die in part three and why there's so much drama is because the first one is so brilliant and it sets all these characters up is my, my take on some of that stuff. Yeah. It is definitely without a doubt one of my favorite episodes. So I've got a few questions for you guys in a segment we call Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries is where Patrick poses some questions and we give definitive scientific answers. So go ahead with those. Which that Phillip, fucker Ray? Which Philip is that fucker Ray working with? Jeffries. Nailed it. Is it Jeffries? It's gotta be. Uh, I'll I'll say it's a and this is the truth, it's a third unknown Philip that we have not seen nor heard from yet. How did Ray get his gun? He got it from Annie. Annie, Annie got a gun? <laughs> there I it mean, is. I think you mean Janie. Eve. Janie. Yeah, I was, Janie. Janie. Yeah, I was like, Janie. Janie's got a gun. <laughs> Where have you been, Daddy? <laughs> That's my husband, guy. Dougie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> of course I know him. That's Douglas Jones, my husband. <laughs> Maybe Janie E's gun was the one in the glove box, and the one Ray had was Annie's. Are there other frog moths? Like 5,000. Well, what's the population yeah. of Twin Peaks, canonically? That yeah, many frog moths. a small, large town. That many frog moths. Yes. Who is the 1956 girl? Julie the Cruz. former, I'll take that. There we go. True <laughs> crew. Why did nobody have a light? Yeah, why did nobody have a light? Yeah, everybody's smoking. Tell me how it's good. And we will uh, give our foreheads reviews, but first, I want to take a quick trip to the Reddit room. Reddit room. So I took to Reddit and uh, found a couple of reviews from the original air date of this episode. Uh, and we're we're not really alone in our feelings on this. Uh, we're not are we alone in our principles? Of course. every No man is an island. But not we are for, for sure islands. <laughs> in the Reddit room? And, oh, no. We're all, we're all here together in the Reddit room. And oh, it's, okay. It's, it's, a per, it's, it's a little hot. I was going to say it's a perfect temperature, but I guess if... I guess if you're wearing a sweater. It's this dope-ass Cardi I have on. <laughs> <laughs> that is a strong cardigan. I'm pretty jealous of your setup. Kent Broswell, three years ago, said, Just as predicted last week, evil Coop gets shot, but then homeless ghosts revive him, then a nuclear bomb explodes for 20 minutes while the giant watches the current episode of Twin Peaks and levitates. While, meanwhile, 60 years ago, zombie Abraham Lincoln goes on a murder rampage before he lulls everyone to sleep so that a mutant bug can crawl into a girl's mouth. I still like the show and all, but sometimes I get a little annoyed that it's so predictable. So predictable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so predictable. 
so predictable. It's a really there's, good comment. There's a there's a follow up comment that says uh, from Grace Two. It says this episode made Eraserhead look like Legally Blonde. <laughs> Legally Blonde. <laughs> and, and the last one, and maybe my favorite, is from Malphasia, who says in all caps. Drink full and descend, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Look, we don't all have cardigans, so we can probably get out of here. Right, yeah, it is super hot. And now, finally, it's finally. that time. We're finally going to crush the DJ's skull of this episode. James! <laughs> James! Just as we kicked off our Water. final thoughts, Patrick, would you like to kick off Talking Foreheads for part eight? Yes. Go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> Just five. We already knew. If I could, <laughs> I would. Oh, boy. <laughs> Look, there's a lot of good stuff in this one, and there's a lot of... There's a lot of art house I can do without. But the good is so good. And the, I mean, just the the discussion that it sparked here tonight. I originally coming in, I and, and I, I came in hot. I was going to give it a three. I was going to give it a three for all the waiting. I don't know, just like everything that it made me think about and the discussion that it sparked and realizing that the only parts that bummed me out were the amount of time spent on the stuff that didn't have dialogue or progression. The rest of it is so good, but it's four foreheads for me. Just four. Just four. Yes. <laughs> Tyler, pop it off. How many heads? What are you, what are you thinking? I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen this twice? One and a half. Yeah. One and a half. One and a half ish. Look, um, look, I mean, are you, are you thinking one? No. Two? No. Wait, let me finish. Three? A lady? Four? Lana Ridge? Five? Just four. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see you. Oh, that's, is that the most shocking oh. moment in the history oh. of this show? Dear Lord. Wow. And a half. And a half. Explain yourself. <laughs> I shan't. <laughs> okay. It's, okay, Mr. Lynch. It's good. <laughs> It's good, but it's not great, and it has has. Don't since say it's, it. It has. Don't say it has nothing to do with anything. Since it's a standalone <laughs> Twin Peaks episode, so you you think this is an encapsulated experience? Yes. Okay. But well, if if you had to put it in foreheads, yeah, Mister Ring, tell us. And you do have to. Oh, oh, as a participant. <laughs> so what's the highest amount of foreheads? Five? five. Just five. Just five. Nice. It's talking foreheads, babe. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> oh. What a night. Wow. Part eight. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so it. much for being a part of it. and uh, we'll, Thank you, Mr. Ring. I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point. Yeah, I'm so stoked that I was part of this episode. You guys have no idea. <laughs> if I did one more episode. That was the thing. If I did two episodes with you guys, Secret History and Part 8, so I can die a happy man. Oh, wow, <clears throat> perfect. It's quite the honor. <laughs> yeah, we are honored. Thank you, Mr. Ring. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, sir. Right on, guys. Take care. Yeah, have a Talk good night. to you later. All right, thank you, man.
If there's anything we missed that you feel like we should have touched on, you can reach us at talkingbackwardspod at gmail.com. You can also look at us and DM us at talkingbackwardspod at Instagram. Patrick. You're also on Twitter at Talking Backwards. All right. Everybody knows what time it is. It is time for some Egg Deviler shout-outs here on Talking Backwards. Today is a very special shout-out because it goes out to the one and only Mr. Ring, a.k.a. Take the Ring, a.k.a. a.k.a. Insert Real Name. Mr. Ring, thank you so much for supporting us and coming on the show from time to time to really just tell us about what Twin Peaks is at its core. And that's just a fun time. Also, tell your uh, cousin or brother or whichever relative Dave Grohl is that I would like some tickets when they tour again. Uh, Should be any day now. Those have been my Egg Deviler shoutouts. If you or anybody you know would like to have their name read out loud on a podcast, then please tell them to support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash talking backwards. Anchor.fm slash talking backwards. We'll see you for part nine. Abraham Lincoln logs walks into a bar. The bartender says, why the, why the log face? Oh! oh!